0: yeah I think it, it takes time and, and that's that's the the main point in, in in a rebuild is that you have to be patient and and I, I think some of the players we brought in in the draft last year and, and some of the players we brought in for agency, um, you know we're starting to, to develop an identity and uh, we want to play fast, we want to play hard and um, I think a lot of our uh, the players we have brought in lately have have uh, exemplified that, so I'm, I'm really happy with that.
1: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That is Kyle Davidson talking about the rebuild of the Chicago Blackhawks. And, you know, it's wild, David, because, like, everybody's either in a rebuild or failed rebuild or they're not building. In Chicago? Every team in our market is either going through what the Hawks are going through, coming out of what the Bulls tried to do. It's frustrating. What the White Sox tried
2: the, the, to do. The Bulls are... Obviously a team that's disappointing because they raised expectations, but it wasn't that long ago, just three years, where they were bottoming out, and AK was taking over, right? right. Remember exactly. Gar Pax? Yes, of course Now I Arturis Karnaschovas has been here long enough to have a nickname, Touris, because some people oh are getting God. frustrated by that. I've that's... heard that thrown around the <sighs> Twitter machine. Oh. Um, but you're right. It's very frustrating to cover so many teams in a sports town that are starting over or trying to regain footing and rebuilding.
1: You know, I remember when I was first dating my wife before we were married, we were talking about sports and the landscape and all that stuff, and she had never seen Michael Jordan play. And I was like, well, you've got to see Michael Jordan play. You just have to. And we went and saw the Bulls and saw Michael Jordan play. And, you know, as I said to her, and I always felt this way, that if, like, the man from Mars landed and went to see the Bulls, you would know Michael Jordan was the best player on the court. He was just better than everyone. You didn't need to know a thing about the game. You knew that guy was the best player. And he put on a show that night, and we had a wonderful time. You know, fast forward, we got to go to a Stanley Cup game. And I think the Hawks scored seven goals that night. (laughs) <laughs> and and my wife, as we were walking in, she was like, "I just want to hear the crowd go crazy and see what it's like when the, the anthem, Kelsey dagger, the pageantry, play. all of it, all of the stuff." And they went nuts, and yeah. it was glorious, right? And and I was thinking, like, like who do you like? Who would you take some? Who would you say, well, you've got to see this guy. This guy is so good; he's worth the price. Of if somebody's
2: visiting from out of town, out of country, whatever the case may be, and they like sports. And you're in Chicago, and let's say they're one of those rare times of the year where you have a choice. A lot of the teams are playing, and maybe some of them are in town over right. a period of time. Who would you say you have to see? You have to see.
1: Justin Fields.
2: That's where the list starts. That's probably end.
1: the only – it might be the end of it. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, I thought it was super cool to see DeMar DeRozan when he came in because he was significantly better than other players – um, that had been through town. But, but the Bulls and are a conventional team. Well, they're they're just they, they have a lot of guys that, yeah. that are like yes. yeah, they're NBA
2: players. But what exactly. do they do? That's unique. That that's, sets them apart.
1: they they I mean, there's nobody you would want to go out and see right now. And I'm you, being honest, I, about I that. agree with that. Anybody on the Cubs? Uh, I guess you know if you're if you're a fan of defense. You know the think about what you just said there, Swanson. To, how many baseball fans? How many Cavaliers sports fans? I'm a big to, fan
2: of the defense.
1: I know what, but I, <laughs> I know. I, I'm I know. if I'm Dustin, yeah. what am I looking for? I, I, I suppose Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson, Swanson Horner, handsome man. Play.
2: But I don't know that I'm going to necessarily tell my visiting relative. You got to see Dansby Swanson play short. You Boy, he turns a double it. play. You won't
1: believe. I mean, on the south side, is it Tim Anderson? You gotta, you gotta see Tim lead off. You gotta, you gotta see, see
2: him he, flip the bat. After a home run?
1: Yeah. Something like mm. that. you got to go to the Field of Dreams that's game. A, that's, a,
2: that's a reach, I think. I'm not Even arguing. for the most
1: ardent Sox fan, isn't that a bit of a reach? I mean, Justin Fields has the chance to make an exploding play that you will not see and they, people aren't supposed to do in the NFL. Justin
2: Fields is the most likely athlete in Chicago right now after Patrick Kane has been traded to make somebody say, I can't believe what I just saw. I can't believe he did that.
1: Um. You know, so there's really nobody on the Bulls. There's really nobody on the White Sox, is there? And I'm no. It's like, baseball. Does baseball? Oh, you got to come out and watch Dave Kingman hit a homer. I mean, is the baseball like that? If Otani or Mike Trout played in town, those would be okay. guys
2: I would definitely say yes right. to. And if hey Pete Crow Armstrong, when he becomes a center fielder of the Cubs, I want to see him catch a fly ball behind his back like he does on those cool videos.
1: That's it. Dustin, Dustin is waving you off now because you said Mike Trout.
2: I know he is. I think that, that's That, that be may it. be that the only reason he's but, waving I mean, me what, off. What,
1: like, who who's at bat can't you miss? Who is the, the guy that you, you know?
2: There's nobody on the Cubs who's at no, bat you can't miss. No. The, in the White Sox, you really got to stretch it to say Aloy or, or Luis Robert Jr. Jake
1: Berger's got two home runs this spring.
2: Okay. Doesn't Gavin Sheets have a homer? That, that's when, you, when they're coming up, that's when you get the snack.
1: Oh, my God, <laughs> that's awful.
2: But I'm being realistic. You're I asking the question the about appeal, about entertainment value. Yeah. Who's going to entertain us? Who's going to be the most likely player at any given sport in any given team to say, yeah, I don't want to miss that. The Hawks have nobody now.
1: Texter says he was living in Denver and a family friend came to town from Italy, had to see the Joker. Now, that's a good example.
2: That is a good example.
1: Yeah, the, exactly. That guy's
2: fun to watch. It, now, likewise, Friday night, if I were having somebody in, in town, I would say you've got to go see the Bulls game because
1: Kevin Durant is here. He's one of those guys. Yeah, He's one of those but, guys. Dustin rolled his eyes yet again. You don't believe that Kevin Durant's worth the price of admission he is. He's just not on the Bulls.
2: Kevin Durant definitely is. Guys like that are. A Dylan C start. Maybe. That's the best argument besides Justin Fields. Dylan Cease would be second.
1: Chris Sale start? Not anymore. <laughs> Who's, but that was, that was a big deal. Dustin, why are you making faces and waving and, and you just don't like Mike Trout? Is that what that was? Well, is he going to show up? Well, if he's on your team. He's going to play on your team.
0: Right. It's the, still on that. We'll see if the White that. Sox can get a you know, sellout when Mike Trout comes. Well,
2: come you know out. who would be worth the price for admission and by Dustin's standards? Quentin Nelson. I'd want to see him block.
0: <laughs> I would, yes, but you know, as I was told, that's the dumbest thing that's been stated on this show. This morning. I just don't so.
1: think they're going to trade a guy. As, as David pointed out, if, presumably, if you're drafting a quarterback, you don't give away.
0: Well, let's your find out. Here's the generational thing. offensive I, linemen. If I'm Ryan Poles, yeah. I want to see how badly Chris Ballard and the Colts want to come up. Not Again. that
1: badly,
2: well, badly, but not badly enough. We digress because I think it kind of I, I, I was just kidding too. The the appeal, uh, the sports appeal in Chicago is really it's, at, at a level where it's it's hard to compare. Like when was the last time you had we had this few box office attractions?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a good question.
2: Everybody's rebuilding. Everybody's starting and over. It, Everybody's I mean, doing yeah. the, the the cool thing. You got to bottom out. I, I think tankathon.com is way too popular in Chicago. Boy. I mean every ta- you, get, you gotta go check now the, the standings, the Hawks are going to lose 80% of the remaining games. Mm. And that's why Kyle Davidson sounds so giddy. Because you know what? If they draft Connor Bedard, you're going to add him to the list. If the Hawks dra- draft Connor Bedard this summer, he will be second behind yeah. Justin Fields yeah. in terms of guys you will want to pay to see.
1: We have a a the, uh, texter wondering, what about showing up to boo Clevenger? <laughs>
2: that, that, You're in. That, that that would be my biggest reason to go to a White Sox <laughs> game fe- ahead of Dylan mean. Cease. That's just you mean. know dealing and striking everybody out. I would go there just to boo Mike Clevenger on the mound. Boo. boo.
1: Ooh, but I'm probably being Dustin? unfair. Yeah. I, uh, let's try Frank. Frankston Lombard. Hey, Frank.
3: Good morning, guys. Hi, Frank. Hey, Frank.
1: Uh,
3: yeah. Let's. Yeah. I think Patrick Kane, other than other than Michael Jordan, is by far the biggest superstar that is leaving the city. Um, that's my opinion. But I run the call. I usually always agree with you guys. And now it's baseball season. I'm happy. I. Other than the shift change rule, which I thought was a nauseating thing on the baseball field, this, you know, the one thing that makes baseball so special, and I know you guys, I already know your opinions on it. What is it shortening the game? 20 minutes, a half hour at most, let's say. That's what makes baseball the greatest game in the world, in my opinion. There is no shot clock, there is no time frame, there is no nothing. Yeah, this is not about
1: shortening the game, Frank. This is about um, making the game more engaging, increasing the pace, the action up. Okay, it's not. They're trying to make the game more exciting. That's what the shot clock is designed. It's not a shot clock; it's a pitch clock. That's what it's designed to do. And and uh, let me just read this to you. These are the Chicago White Sox game times so far: two hours and thirty-two minutes, two hours and thirty-six minutes. Two hours and thirty-three minutes, two hours and twenty-eight minutes. Okay?
2: That's my applause.
1: That that well done. That that is it's a good start. All that is is more action. That's not about time. It's not about shortening the game from 308 or whatever it got to. It's about getting more action in. And it's it's working. It's working. You should feel good about what they've done. The one that I kind of to be brutally honest, the only one that I'm a little bit I find a little bit odd out of all the rule changes. I'm still not sure about the bases. I'm sure I, – I know people are running the bases more. I just don't – it just doesn't look – the, I mean, I you just don't. I it. don't get it. That, I, I, that bothers me. Maybe you? that that's, that's, it doesn't bother. me. It kind of amuses me a little. But bit. But I'm like, like, look at that. Like, what? Yeah, it's but, just the separation of there's the guy on the base. I, I just, I'm just saying. Of all the things that I've seen, <laughs> I think it, I understand everything. I like it, the rules. I love the pace of is play. Is it an aesthetic I love the thing? Is I it, don't. I think it's aesthetics. Okay. It just seems like all of a sudden there's like a funny mirror. Somebody's gonna trip over the base and like go for a laugh, like. It, I'm just—it's—it's like—it's—that's a good way of putting it. It's like all of a sudden you got six players wearing bozo shoes. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. What, do you see that guy's feet? When did his feet get that big? It just looks funny, mirror you different. An weird umpire to me.
2: throwing a bucket of confetti on a second baseman. That's all I'm yeah, saying. it's, okay. just, it's
1: it, does I get it. it I, haven't you seen that? I, I have seen
2: watch? that, and it and it does stand out. And I have attributed it to because it just. We'll get used to it. It's kind of like we'll get used to seeing if they choose to put the pitch clock in the background right. of these, but, where the 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 digital I, scoreboard. I don't
1: know how that's helping. I do see more running of the bases. I do, but I don't know how that is changing the bigger the way. base. Yeah, it's just a little weird to me, just visually when I look at
2: it. Hmm. You'll get used to it. That's okay. it's an All interesting right. thing. I do. I do think, as we have said before. Pitch clock is good for the game. Teams will get used to it, and pitchers will adjust as well. I agree. And so it's going to be one of these things. It will increase the pace of play, not just shorten games. That's the wrong way to look at it. It, Verbs matter. Not shorten games. That's not the way you look at it. Increase pace. That's the way you should. Right?
1: That's the whole point. That's the point. That's the point. More action. Better game. Let's uh, Let's try Doug. Doug is in Lyle. Hey, Doug.
4: Hey, good morning. Hey, I got to, I got to, got to step in here with a with a couple of comments. The people calling in about Patrick Kane being traded. I mean, we're talking about an organization that, when I learned who they truly were, sent Chris Chelios to Detroit, and took Bob Probert back. I mean, to me, that was like the death, te- the death knell of like. Uh, of the Chicago Blackhawks. You take your worst enemy and throw the sweater on the guy. I'm like, wow. This, you know, sending Patrick Kane off, no surprise whatsoever.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
2: Yeah. The yeah. perspective going way back. I think that historically there is precedent for things like this. We'll talk to Chris Chelios at 845. He'll probably remember that deal as well. But I do think it's different regimes, different eras, and different purposes served by making this deal the way that they did in the Chili's deal when they made that one.
1: Wild. Uh, let's uh, let's try the, the name is spanked out here. Is it Tony? Hey, Tony.
3: Good morning, guys. Nice to talk to you. You too. I'm almost ashamed to say it, but uh, Frank from Lombard happens to be my brother. <laughs> I'm going to have to educate him a little bit on the game of baseball because I agree 100% with your assessment that, you know, I saw a game that reminded me of baseball in the 80s and 90s. It was a beautiful thing. All the little idiosyncrasies that go with the trinity, the pitcher, the catcher, and the umpire. That's the trinity of baseball. That's all the little idiosyncrasies that were lost because pitchers were able to take five minutes in between throws. I love it. It's improved the game so much, I'm actually looking forward to watching baseball. But the reason why I called is you have to hope that the Angels are in town and Otani happens to be on the mound, so you can see him and Trout. you got to hope the Capitals are in town, so you can see Ovechkin on the ice. And it's a toss-up between Curry or Durant. you got to hope one of those two teams are in town. And that's all I had to say. Guys, have a great day, and I love you. It's a good call. I appreciate yeah. that.
2: You know, I would also add with Curry and Durant, Giannis is worth the price of admission. He'd be somebody that, if you were – Entertaining relatives or friends, whatever the case may be, and the Bucks were in town. You wanted to go see him.
1: I really like Giannis. I don't like his game. Really? Yeah, I don't find it like. I mean, there's oftentimes where he kind of bends down and goes into someone's chest, or I just don't find his game in the same way that I like. I can Kevin Durant. I could watch all day because he's it's so, so silky smooth. Because he's like a, yeah. he's like a walking game of horse. But, okay. <laughs> And he I, I could just hit any shot on the floor. Giannis is more of a – I don't know. It's just – I don't – i He's not a little in more love. inelegant, but he yes, dominates. Yes. I like the way that he dominates, and I think that it fascinates me Listen,
2: how he, somebody can be that large and athletic and graceful at times and yet so kind of bulky at others. It, it's, it's a weird combination of skills and athleticism.
1: Steph. Steph is oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. But LeBron is amazing to watch. What the things that LeBron can do at his size, at his age, are incredible. So I know he's hurt right now, but he's definitely a top yeah. Of he it. is
2: definitely the NBA has a long, longer list. I think of players like that. Also, as you kind of alluded to when you Same told the Luther. nice story about yep. bringing your wife to see Jordan, the NBA is is uh, you feel a little bit closer to the action and maybe to the stars.
1: So this has nothing to do with my wife, but I can remember being at the combine, right, and going to see Alvin Iverson play with Philadelphia because they were in town and they were playing Indy, and I was like, "Oh God, I love watching El." He was Iverson. one of those guys. It's unbelievable. Yeah, a guy at his size dominating mm-hmm. the game in the way that he did. Baseball. Not dominating practice, David. That's practice. <laughs> no, that's practice. But that's the practice. Games. Yeah, come the on now.
2: Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Brandon doesn't miss a thing, whether it's getting me or getting Alan Iverson <laughs> on the air.
1: It's just practice.
2: Deep breaths. I'm just I'm just need, not going to get triggered today. I'm not going to get triggered today.
1: <laughs> oh, Stop. Uh, Serenity now. Serenity now. Fred's in North Lake. Hey, Fred. <laughs> uh,
4: boy, I love your show. Uh, just a quick comment: Why did Billy go small again against Toronto? Yeah. Did you see how big they went? I mean, come yeah. on! It, seriously. He, oh, I was so mad. I was just really
2: just
1: upset. He did play Drummond at one point. He and did because he, he had to, and he got he got something out of them.
2: They but they also got 18 offensive rebounds. The Raptors yeah. did, and you saw that one coming. Yeah, that was. Fred, we talked about it yesterday. The Bulls needed to go small because it was working. And that's their new new, wave, new look lineup, but against a team like the Raptors
1: with all of that length and athleticism, it's not going to work. Let's try John. He's listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, John.
4: Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. I, I had a question about the baseball rule change regarding the basis. Yes. I know they increased the size and everything. Yep. Uh, where does the 90 feet fall in? Is it from the, the back point of home plate? The outside edge of first base, or the inside edge, yeah, or it's, the center of the base. They changed
1: them by four inches on each side, right? So it's no longer ninety feet; it's like eighty-nine point uh, four. That's going to
2: really screw up a lot of billboards and T-shirts and slogans. That's right. You cannot respect ninety respect any longer.
1: Eighty-nine point four.
2: Okay, that doesn't quite have the same ring to it. See. I
1: that's another, a good question. Another man that agrees <laughs> with my assessments at the we- basis. Just look I, I think weird. That's a fascinating thing to trigger because I'm not even triggered by that. Well, I have been, <laughs> but I've been studying. You know what? Now you will be, I, I I've I been watching be. this stuff. Cause I'm very curious about it. And I've, as I, you know, rattled off those times uh, from the Sox nerd on Twitter. Thank you for that. Uh, of those Sox games. It, it occurs to me that boy, I've really enjoyed watching what I've seen of it and how it's going. But, goodness gracious, um, those bases look weird to me. It just looks – it's like it's just a – aesthetically, it's not pleasing. It's like you watch it and there's – like something's a little off about my new TV. Am I not watching in sports mode? Am I watching – Oh, I'm watching in giant I, base mode.
2: I wonder if base stealers will look at that the same way. Like, Lou, look how. They'll see a giant piece it, of it's cheese. It's like it, it, your eyes are bigger than your stomach, and you right. think that, okay, I, I, can, like I can handle all that. But see? then all of a sudden, you get thrown out by a guy like Wilson Contreras with a rifle.
1: <laughs> well, they wouldn't have to throw you out if they had a rifle. I got Dustin's attention there. Did you see? <laughs> that he, uh, he just <laughs> popped his head up. Wilson He's, Contreras? He feels like you're trying to trigger him. <laughs> Because he's still mad about uh, anybody <laughs> saying anything.
0: Are you done talking about Kane? Is that what you're looking to do, Mike? Uh,
1: Mike Maddox. Kane's said the subject that, on us. Yeah, Mike Maddox said that Willie's totally correct.
0: <laughs> Where is he now? I don't know. Texas, I think.
1: Yeah, he wants to be closer to his family.
0: Going to watch all their volleyball games.
1: See, this is
0: this is along with the former Ohio State and Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars yeah. head coach. He's going to watch stuff. volleyball too. All right,
2: it's Grody time.
1: Maybe they didn't go together. All right, uh, we've got Grody time. We're going to bring in Mark Grody. He's down in Indy, and we'll get his take on everything he's seeing. We love talking to Mark Grody. We'll do it next. Mully and Hall on the score.
0: Bears. Just to confirm with you guys, today is Wednesday, right? It's Wednesday, right? Yes, today's and Wednesday.
1: I- I- Oh, Chicago sports radio, six, seven, and score. We're going to play that one song because Mark Brody, the great man himself, has deemed it appropriate to join the program. And Mark, we uh, we hold a deep, deep-rooted love and respect for you, and we appreciate you joining us on the score hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Mark.
0: Good morning, Mully and Haw. And as always, Mully, the feeling is mutual. It is great to be talking to you guys from the Combine right now. And it's a great day at the Combine from a Bears perspective. Not that all the position groups aren't those of need, but the defensive linemen are speaking today. And they were up bright and early today. I just finished talking to Will Anderson, the fine edge rusher from Alabama who said he did meet with the Bears and you can read into all of the reports of who talked to the Bears and who didn't talk to the Bears but for whatever it's worth duh Will Anderson has had a meeting with the Bears uh, so and we'll talk to to Jalen Carter a little bit later on um, Will Anderson just kind of summarizing some of the stuff that we just got done talking to him about he's obviously said that he would love to go to the Bears at number one overall that's obvious and you know into the history of the Bears and defense of the Bears but yeah you know, he he was a willing partner for any of the teams in the top five so he, he's uh, we know a lot about him as a prospect possibly probably the best edge rusher uh, in this draft so that's a real possibility for the Bears just a couple of the other guys too really quickly that uh, that we spoke to today that I found kind of interesting one of the guys was uh, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa guy who's played all over the defensive line for the Hawks for the Hawkeyes local kid Barrington guy and Haw I think you especially would appreciate this He's a huge hockey guy. It was the weirdest thing ever, man. Like, he, he's this massive dude, and he said he grew up playing hockey, and he was a defenseman, and he's a diehard Blackhawks fan. So, you know, and he was talking about Patrick Kane. He's not happy that Kane was traded to the Rangers. And so he's an interesting prospect. And then uh, Tyree Wilson was the last guy, too, that that has spoken today, of interest anyway, the, the Texas Tech, Texas A&M uh, player who is just full of enthusiasm. So three good prospects so far today and more to come
2: mark you know there's a lot that has been said already about jalen carter and his background and some of those hurdles that teams might have to clear before feeling comfortable drafting him i know you haven't talked to him yet but as as it pertains to will anderson how would you describe him what is his reputation what is his uh, backstory are there any intangibles that are either pros or cons when it comes to will anderson who as you point out is dynamic as an edge rusher and he's a guy that you really look at as special
0: yeah absolutely and you know with with these guys you don't necessarily know what what the the ceiling will be will they come in and be special or will they you know they're going to be like a leonard floyd who's going to take a long time to really kick in and then really never quite get there as we all know from watching him I do think that there's a little bit more purity to Will Anderson and his abilities to get around the edge and you know he think he he was talking about guys that he really looks up to and you know you're, you always have to if you're a defensive lineman there's going to be a Bosa mentioned but there was also a Khalil Mack mentioned that Khalil Mack is the type of guy that he looks up to and you know it doesn't mean that, that it's going to you know translate to anything necessarily but, you know, he's a he's not a huge guy, a, a lighter frame, but that's what a lot of the defensive linemen tend to be now with the quicker first step in all of that. So um, I just think he is a true well-rounded prospect who probably would fit into the locker room quite well. I I, I will say this, like he he was, and this is like normal for a lot of these guys, like a lot of these guys will will get up on the podiums and they'll just be great and gregarious, like Tyree Wilson, the kid from Tech and A&M, was up here telling stories and making the media laugh, and there was some emotional moments as well. So, you know, he was a, a really interesting guy in that regard. But you have other guys like, uh, Lucas or excuse me, Will Anderson today who was definitely rolling with some nervous energy. Like you could just tell he was like, you know, you know, there was personality there, but you could tell he was a little bit nervous.
1: And based on the photo you sent out, he also looks like he could pick you up and throw you over uh, <laughs> half of the, the the room. I mean, he is a big fit. I know he's not a monster, but there is not an ounce of fat on that guy's body. I mean, that's uh, Oh know.
0: yeah. Yeah, don't don't mistake me saying yeah, that yeah. he you know, he's not small small. He's he's very toned, right. big, tall dude who yes could could probably toss me. at I, some mo- I, most of the guys yeah, around Mark, here could, I, I think. I
1: enjoyed you sending out that photo, but I enjoyed more the video you sent out of your niece Madeline, a very classy oh. young lady who kind of has a good view of the world. That I was would great.
0: Brody Oh that was that was incredible like like and that was not something <laughs> <laughs> that I like forced her to do. She just started doing. "Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the car." I'm like, "What did you just say?" She's like, "Oh yeah, like I'm in the car with Daddy, and we we played it. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the car." I'm like, "Oh, you've got to do that right now." So that was awesome. yeah, you you got a P1 and Madeline. So keep it clean, guys. Keep it clean <laughs> always. Well, yeah. Know. Thank you, I,
2: Madeline, I, I, for uh, for listening all those absolutely. days and all those mornings. So, Grody, yesterday you did ask a couple really good questions of Ryan Poles, and they pertain to, you know, Justin Fields and the trade possibilities. And I think that everyone had their different takeaways from his 16-and-a-half-minute uh, uh, talk or, or deal session with reporters. What was yours?
0: Yeah, I had a few takeaways. I think that one of the, the things that I love about the way Ryan Poles is handling this is the communication factor, that he is keeping – Justin Fields up to date on what he is doing, so as he put it, he's not caught off guard. So there's a lot of good communication. You're not going to have, a, you know, this quarterback wandering around in the wilderness reading these reports. So my, my feeling is, is when there is one of those reports, like a strong, credible report where somebody is surmising the possibility of trading, you know, Justin Fields, that's where Ryan Poles gets on the phone. And says, "Hey, that's that's not the way it's going down, or maybe that is the way it's going down." So I thought that that was that was interesting in terms of the communication. I like that part. I thought it was interesting too that he revealed that it's not out of the question that if they do trade down, that it could happen before March 15th is when free agency opens. And that I would love that, and Bears fans should love that because then that starts to tell you give, give you a better idea of what you may or may not need starting on on uh, on March 15th. Um, so and then the other part, too, is, you know, when, when he was asked directly about have you had any calls about Justin Fields and he, you know, Ryan Poles basically said they've had, as he put it, starter conversations, but said that, no, that there has not been any like succinct asking about Justin Fields um, at this point. And then um, I did like the the defensive line traits, violence, length and tenacity the yeah. words of Ryan yeah. Pauls <laughs> I like that that one
1: jumped out BLT yeah. yeah. yes BLT
0: <laughs> oh no don't don't tell don't tell Eberflus about that wait what was that wait, uh, What was that BLT hold on a second the, write that how, down. hold on how the did
2: bolt principle yeah how did yeah. he
0: do
1: how did he do? I oh, mean, he was fine. I he listened was fine. to him, but it was, it was almost like even the even the people asking questions just kind he of ran kind out of It was kind of a shrug, wasn't it, Grody? A, yeah. yeah. It,
0: it, it, I'll tell you this. like, I think Pete Carroll, who was speaking next to him, started before Eberflus and was still going after Eberflus <laughs> had finished. So, yeah, there wasn't a lot of, you know, he was being Eberflus and he was answering the questions and I, I did think it was, you know, a couple things I guess stood out, that he, you know, he's doing a lot of work on free agents. He said he studied and, and um, been working on about 60 different free agents. Um, he does continue to, um, you know, use the hits principle when evaluating these prospects. And I will say this, that it was probably flukes just being flukes I don't want to read into it too much. But I will say that he was much more protected in his answering of the question when he was asked straight up if Justin Fields was going to be—he's you know, going to be your guy starting every game next year—and right away, Floose went into, "Well, we're just going to look at everything," which I guess you have to say. I was a little bit surprised that he started with, "We have to look into everything," as opposed to, "Oh yeah, we're—we're—you know, we're—we're—you know, Justin's our guy, but we got to do our due diligence." And I was surprised he didn't answer it
2: like that. All right, all right Grody, we know you have the on-the-clock show. Thursday, 6 to 7, new weekly draft show leading up to the April 27th NFL draft. You'll break it down with everything that there is to talk about. I want you to look into this. This is a, this is an assignment, hopefully.
0: Oh, good. Okay.
2: I'm very curious about what the Bears are going to do about their backup quarterback situation. It is not a high priority, but it is an important one. And I think that when you see whether or not they're going to draft a guy, maybe later in the draft, maybe day three or – The guys who were discarded, Marcus Mariota was cut yesterday. He'd be stylistically a great fit as a backup to Justin Fields. What are the plans for the Bears as it pertains to the backup quarterback role? Trevor Simeon still under contract, but also ended the season injured.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see them do it differently. You know, and we've seen this for for really since the Mitch Trubisky era where there has been a formula that where – and I know this – tracks two gms where the backup quarterback is a wholly competent uh backup lifetime backup chase daniel quarterback and that's what you had in trevor simeon that's what you had in nathan peterman last year those guys are great to have on on a roster especially with a developing quarterback but the Bears are at a point where Justin Fields has got to show that he is good to great this year or the Bears will would start to think about moving on from him. So, so to bring it full circle, David, yeah, I mean, I would like to see them somewhere in the draft, I don't know exactly where, draft themselves a developmental quarterback. And quite frankly, I'd be surprised if if they didn't, I mean, he, he had like if polls is not going to draft one of the, the big timers and pull that big splash move, he does have to start to think about what is his identity? What is his um, vision of a quarterback? And we honestly still as much as he might like uh, Justin Fields, we still don't know like what his prototype quarterback is and what he would be looking for if he had a chance to, to draft one. And hopefully we'll find out in the later rounds.
1: Great stuff, Mark. Great catching up with you. We should repeat it. On the Clock with Mark Grody starts tomorrow from 6 to 7 p.m., a new weekly show leading up to the NFL draft. That's on April 27th, where Mark's going to break down the latest Bears draft news and rumors, and you're going to have various guests on, and it's going to be a must-listen, and I'm looking forward to it, Mark
0: oh me too yeah yeah it's gonna be fun tomorrow night and and every thursday before the draft we'll have different guests on we'll take calls i'm gonna have a ton of audio obviously um, from the combine tomorrow night. You get to hear from all sorts of prospects, including the guy that we just talked to now. Um, and we will also get to talk to Jalen Carter a little bit later on as well. And, but most importantly, guys, just keep listening to Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, Mully and Hall.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Bye, Madeline.
0: I, di- I, I did it wrong. Actually, Madeline does it way better. Take care, guys. CFI. <laughs> <See you, Mark. laughs> thank you to
1: Madeline. That's awesome. 312 644 67, 67 We've got Chris Chelios next. We're going to talk to uh, a former Blackhawk great about what it's like to be traded as a former Blackhawk great. It's Mullion Hall on the score.
3: Chris Chelios up the boards to Chelios with room. He shoots. Score! Bet MGM ambassador.
1: Nice play by Chris Chelios.
3: Hockey Hall of Famer. Chris Chelios is not human. I'm convinced of it. Not only will he go in the Hall of Fame, I think he should go in the Smithsonian. Blackhawks legend. Chelios will add defense, but he'll also add offense to the Hawks. Steve Smith to head to Murphy. Nichols at the line. Chelios moving in.
1: Chelios scores. Chris Chelios
3: has won it for Chicago. Three-time Stanley Cup champion.
0: What a competitor Chris Chelios has been over the years. Been a winner every place he's ever
3: been. Chris Chelios with Mully and Haw
1: on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Always a delight to talk to our friend Chris Chelios at MGM Ambassador, and he joins us now. And what a perfect day to talk to him on the the hotline brought to you by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Chris. Good morning. How are you?
4: I'm good. How are you
1: guys? Well, you know, we're yeah. a little bummed. We're a little bummed to see, even though we knew that we and we had talked to you a thousand times about Patrick Kane and about what was going to happen and where was he going to go and all that stuff, to see him actually traded yesterday, I said to David, I, I was like shocked for a sec. Like I knew it was coming. I knew they were moving money and players and the whole thing was about to happen, and then when it happened – it was still like a, almost like a a gasp, like, oh my God, they traded Patrick Kane.
4: Yeah. They, you know, there's kind of hope that he would stay. And, you know, the fact that it went down to the wire um, kept people, you know, one in limbo. And then, uh, you know, like you said, it's reality now and, you know, sad, but what he accomplished here and you got to be happy for Kaner. You know, I've watched the news and most, read a lot of the clippings, and uh, the, the overall consensus to me is everybody's happy for Kaner. He's just showing what a competitive guy he is and, and goes to a, a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Um, but geez, now you can look back, and we got some great memories. And uh, I still think at the end of the day, he'll somehow end up with the Blackhawks and finish his career here. But for the time being, you know, the best of luck to him in, in New York.
2: He didn't leave Kyle Davidson a lot of leverage when he identified the Rangers as the only team he would be traded to, Chelly. So <laughs> I think that has to be factored into any conversation about the return. The return's less important about what's going out to New York. How much do you think Kaner has left? How many more seasons? And, and what are they getting when they are adding him to the mix? Are they now a Stanley Cup favorite?
4: They are, but they lost one of their best defensemen last week in Lindgren last weekend when Oshie with that big hit. So anytime you lose a top four D, it makes it a lot tougher. But, you know, they made up for it, bringing Kaner, adding more offense, teaming him up with Panarin. And like you mentioned, you know, with Kyle Davidson, the Blackhawks management, he did hold all the cars, Kaner, and deservedly so for what he's done. Um, And, you know, I think that the only one that's ever going to know, uh, you know, what it came down to, you know, why we only got the second round pick, there's still a chance to get a first rounder, but uh, you know, Blackhawks are trying to get all the assets they can. And in the same token, they're left on great terms with Kaner uh, and, and he deserved it for what he's done here. And, you know, now it's time to move on and, you know, Hawks are, you we, we saw the other night, last night, they struggled again, but, you know, Now, now it's 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 set. You know, we're going to rebuild and it might take two years. It may take four years, but it's done.
1: Chris, you've been involved in uh, in in trade uh, uh, trades at the deadline and uh, you've you've moved around. Um, What is that like initially? Is that especially when, you know, you have success in a place?
4: You know, I, I, when I did get traded from Chicago, pretty much the same situation as far as the timing is caner right at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. Uh different situation, only because things were going so bad for me and I hadn't done accomplished what I wanted to in Chicago, uh, especially not winning a Stanley cup, but it's up you, until I won another cup with Detroit. I never fi- felt like part of the family. And I was thinking I might not have a place to go when I'm done because Chicago w- wasn't real happy with me and Detroit's always hated me, but it worked out. So, you know, New York's a special place to play, and they're going to love Kaner. Uh, it's an unbelievable building. One of the last buildings, I think, that just still has that old atmosphere, like the old Chicago Stadium and some of the old Boston Bruin Garden. And it's, it has that mystique about it. So I think Kaner's going to love it. And, you know, like I said, it's hockey's hockey. He loves hockey. So, you know, once he gets playing, gets comfortable, he, I think he's going to have a great time.
2: You know, I thought of another trade involving you, Chris, more so than. The thing to the, to the Red Wings, this goes back to when Dennis Savard left town and you were coming from Montreal back in 1990 because it's that magnitude. I don't know of another trade the Hawks have made. I don't know of another trade in Chicago sports that really kind of matches when you're g- getting rid of a guy who is the best in your franchise history, it, it, arguably, and so that to me is what it reminded as much as anything when Savard left town.
4: Yeah. I That's I so far back. I wasn't even thinking, but yeah, I was in shock and quite honestly, you know, had it been anywhere else, like I was close to going to Winnipeg. I was close to going to, I believe Hartford, even for someone. And, you know, when they called me then uh, told me I was going home, you know, I couldn't have been happier. I just got lucky. It worked out uh, the way it did. And then uh, ironically savvy he came back and played a couple of years with me after being traded for me. And yeah, it was tough shoes to fill with savvy being such a crowd favorite his obviously his issues with keenan you know all it takes is one coach that you know doesn't fancy you and then the next thing you know your whole life's changed but you know it worked out for both of us savvy went home and and won a stanley cup with uh with montreal and i was able to you know play eight years with uh chicago and have all my friends and family and it, it was First game, I got a goal assist in a fight. I got the Gordie Howe, and I go, this is going to be great. And from that point on, you know, I forgot everything. And right after that first game, it was amazing.
1: Chris, I, I'm curious. You'd have been a little kid when uh, when Bobby Hull left, when he uh, went to Winnipeg. That was – I was a little kid. And I just remember, like I, I was telling David earlier, I had no idea where Canada was or where Winnipeg was but it was just like this unbelievable, stunning blow that the, that one of the greatest players in Chicago, you know, went to get paid. Right. It was just bizarre.
4: Yeah. And I think Bill Wirtz, Mr. Wirtz, uh He he later did say that's the one regret that he had was letting Bobby Hull go. It's just at that point to pay a guy a million dollars a year, you know, seemed ridiculous to the, the owners and the league. And then, you know, what happens the next year, they go get, you know, poor Bobby Orr with his injuries. They right. pick up Bobby Orr to try and make up for that. But by then, it's too late because he only played a handful of games with the Hawks. But, I mean, I don't think any hockey player or any athlete, uh, to that matter, in Chicago left the, uh, you know, the, the, what Bobby Hall brought to the city, his charisma, his talent. Uh, how much time he took for the fans. And they were, for sure, shocker. I mean, I, we still had Stan Makita, Tony Esposito. You know, Keith Magnus was a crowd favorite. But right. no question, that was the biggest blow to the Blackhawks. And, and then I think, yeah, Denny Savar would have been second.
2: Chris, quick, quickly, does this have any effect, do you think, on what Jonathan Taves does? Either his interest in coming back to play for the Blackhawks or the Hawks' interest in bringing him back?
4: Yeah, I mean, first thing first, he's got to get healthy, right? This has been an ongoing thing for a, a couple of years now, so I, it's really sad. I don't think you know Taser. He doesn't want to feel this way, and then I, I still don't know what the diagnosis is, what what he, uh, what's he what he, what his ailment is. But I think first getting healthy, and then you know adju- ad- addressing whether he wants to finish his career as a blackhawk or he wants to move on, or you know possibly not, you know retire. Who knows?
1: Great stuff, Chris. Great catching up with you. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Chris. Yeah,
4: you bet. Just one more thing, of, because we're doing the MGM grand bet, I think I'd bet the house on Kaner and the Rangers tonight in Philadelphia. <laughs> 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 so, he's All got right, some good buddy. memories in Kaner. Yeah, he's got some good memories yeah. scoring that game winner, so I think he's going to light it up there tonight. He,
1: he's the only one who knew he scored.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I think I was watching the highlight. One of the wingers kind of hesitantly Put his hands up, but he had no idea. But yeah, that's that's what goal scorers do. So yeah, it was amazing.
1: (laughs) Great stuff, Chris. Chris. Thank you.
4: All right, guys, take care.
1: That is Chris Chelios. Is is going to play? Is is, there was a I don't think that
2: he's expected to play tonight. I think he's expected to meet the team back in New York to play against the Ottawa Senators tomorrow night.
1: Probably won't play, but he will score. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll
2: be the only one that knows it.
1: That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Kainer knew it all right it's mully and Hall at Chicago sports radio 6 seven of the score